Hello, welcome back to another episode of Football Chants and Rants with the Plants. We are dad and daughter talking all things English football with me, Lauren Plant. And me, Graham. And we've been away for a couple of weeks, Dad, but we are back with a vengeance with a new podcast, new episode. And um, Merry Christmas to those people listening. I hope you had a wonderful Christmas. And I would say normally we've got loads to be talking about this time of year, but it's not quite the case. We've got a fair bit to be talking about, um, but I'm sure one of us will probably mention all the matches that are getting postponed at the moment. So the lineup for the podcast, I'm going to be chatting a little bit about VAR as well as putting forward a new chant to you, Dad. Uh, yeah, I've got uh, what little matches there were to talk through, dropping down into the National League North, actually, for a game. And a uh, bit of a rant and a bit of a rave. Nice. Well, the warm-up conversation for us today, um, I was kind of, you know, we're talking about the games that have been postponed, but actually, it was a very entertaining Boxing Day. If you look at the goals, Premier League, six games, 28 goals, ridiculous. Championship, we're only two games, but seven goals. League one, there was 11 goals. League two, 11 goals. Um, but no nil-nils. So for the people that did actually travel and managed to watch a live football match, at least they saw some entertaining football because no nil-nils. So that's good. Um, it's a shame. I mean, we weren't meant to be going to any matches at Boxing Day, but it used to be a huge family tradition for us to go to Boxing Day matches. Um, are you going to be mentioning the matches postponed a bit later or is now a good time to be chatting about it? Uh, do it now if you like. I just think that the uh, it's probably, what, 75 80% of matches postponed. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's fine because it's about people's safety, but I think it. Um, I'm not quite sure what the criteria is and what the uh, regulations and processes. Yeah. Um, I mean, Blackburn, 3,000 fans, most of them probably got as far as Hull before uh, the game was postponed. Yeah. Um, so you think there'd be a cut-off at some point, sort of nine in the morning. and That's the thing, isn't it? It's yeah, too late. What time did they announce? It was literally about half one, too. About half one. So a lot of people go there in time to have a couple of pints and have a wander around and stuff. So yeah. most of the fans would be either there and all of them would be either there or getting uh, getting on the way there. So that's my disappointment. That I'm not sure if they're following the 13 players and a goalie rules mm. from the Premier League. Um, but either way, it needs to be uh, really clear. And like I said, surely uh, the teams could have got the you know got the results in before half one for a three o'clock kickoff. Just seems a bit daft, really. Well, Aston Villa versus Leeds. I think the midweek match that's already been called off. So obviously, both have already got too many cases that they know in advance. But it must just be last-minute cases that pop up for these matches that are getting postponed within a couple of hours. Yeah, but pick up the last minute at yeah, nine o'clock. No, that's why I don't get it. Yeah. And also, it must be a nightmare for, uh, well, just uh, I suppose for everyone involved within the football. These teams and managers are having to potentially coach for and go through tactics for a whole week and then within an hour and a half to have it postponed. Mm. But they're obviously doing what they think is best. It just seems to be very last-minute, that's yeah. for sure. Um, was that your kick-off for the week? Uh, yeah, it was actually. All right, well, my kick-off is... Kind of going back to a lot that's happened over the last couple of weeks since we've not been able to do the podcast, but there's been huge inconsistencies of VAR and the referees at the moment. I know a lot, a lot of pundits have been getting very infuriated that there seems to be decisions that are just creeping back in. At the beginning of the season, I'm sure I was praising the fact that I thought the refs were doing a really good job. They were clamping down a lot. The VAR seemed to be seemed to be working, um, but over the last few weeks, it just seems to have just gone to pot a little bit and um, there was an interesting stats in the newspaper about the different referees and how many different cards they've have given out and Anthony Taylor has given three red cards and 53 yellow cards in comparison to Graham Scott who hasn't given a red card and has given 22 yellow cards so 
that's the two most polar opposite in terms of the stats and the paper, but it just seems to be quite a big gap. So I suppose um, Christmas period, obviously very busy, and they're saying it's very hard for the players, but actually maybe the refs are starting to feel it because they mustn't be getting much of a break. And the days when they normally would get a break, they're now doing VAR and things like that. So I wonder whether or not we should have a bit more of a variety with the refs in the Premier League, get a few more in from the Championship. I don't know, but it just, I think the the refereeing, they're under a lot of pressure at the moment because people like Alan Shearer have been uh, name dropping those that have been pretty useless over the last couple of weeks. So what do you think about the refs at the moment? Yeah, that's um, a bit hit and miss unless they're very inconsistent. So must drive the players and the managers and well, obviously it drives the pundits mad as well. Half-time turnover. Well, I was halfway, actually, ironically, through writing one of my matches. And then when I was covering my League One matches, I thought, oh, I was going to go for Aston Villa-Chelsea. That was 1-1 at half-time and then Chelsea won 3-1. But I thought it was too hard not to go for, in League One, Lincoln versus MK Dons. Half-time, it was 2-0 to Lincoln City uh, and MK Dons conceded two goals in their opening eight minutes. So it wasn't looking good for the away team. But half-time, 35-year-old Liam Manning, their manager. I don't really know much about him. Only a young manager, but he seems to do really well. Uh, I think he joined in August and um, quite a team taught. Didn't do any subs. Uh, he stuck with the team, even though they're 2-0 down. And then the 59th minute, Scott Twine got a goal. So to make it 2-1 still to Lincoln. 75th minute, Matt O'Reilly got a goal. And the 90th minute, it was a winner from Scott Twine. So he got a brace in the match to make it 3-2 to MK Don. So quite a, I mean, a brilliant halftime turnaround away at Lincoln City. And I'll be mentioning the result a little bit later in terms of their table positioning. So yeah, to boot off Chelsea for their halftime turnaround. And I've gone for MK Don's this week. Very good. Uh, mine was a match in the uh, League 2. Five and a half thousand people at the Mansfield versus Hartlepool game. Good crowd, actually. Hartlepool 1 0 up at half time, although Mansfield dominated play. Uh, they went 2 0 up, Man- uh, Hartlepool, 51st minute. Uh, and then Mansfield came back with um, three goals in 11 minutes, 55 minutes to the 66 minutes, uh, and 1 3 2. So a five goals thriller. 22 shots on eight on target, Mansfield. They're on real good form. 10 wins in 11 games. If you go back to those 11, beginning of those 11 games, they were probably not far off uh, dead and buried at the bottom. So they're doing absolutely brilliant. And that's under the stewardship, of course, of Nigel, Nigel Clough. Uh, he was only appointed back in November. Uh, so he's done absolutely brilliant. Well done, Nigel Clough. Second half of the podcast, something positive from football. And like I said, a couple of weeks has gone by since the podcast. And uh, within the couple of weeks, maybe a little bit before, was the news that the legend that is Sergio Aguero has announced that sadly he has had to make a difficult decision to retire uh, to protect his health after experiencing chest pain during a match for Barcelona. He's not even been there, I think, six months, having gone from Man City. So, yeah, I can't not mention the fact that Sergio Aguero is retiring from football, perhaps maybe not being mentioned enough in the press. I don't know, 33 years old. 427 goals in his career in 786 games, which is brilliant uh, stats. The fourth highest scoring player in the Premier League history. And he's the Premier League's highest scoring overseas player. I think he knocked off Thierry Henry by nine goals. So it's a real shame for him. And I watched the press release and he was absolutely gutted, obviously, because mm. he's still, you know, young. And I definitely think he would like to have kept playing. But unfortunately, he had to make a tough decision to retire. But an absolute legend. And mm. um, I suppose one of his iconic moments that will probably go down in Premier League history was when that he scored. And was it then Man U 
lost on the final yeah. day and it was that famous like Aguero keep it on yeah. yeah so um yeah an icon just a real shame for him but hopefully we'll see him on tv lots and you know they might go in, i don't know if he'll be going to managerial stuff but yeah it'd be interesting to see what he does next but yeah i didn't get a very good send-off i agree yeah sure. it probably wasn't mentioned enough uh, my rave is i'm going back to covid unfortunately i don't want to keep focusing on that but yeah. um i think it's uh, a bit of both really some of the managers are very very quiet about covid They've probably got, in terms of um, the players being jabbed, and the yeah. uh, I know that some of the top managers in Premier League um, aren't necessarily advocating it. They want to keep the players fit. They think that the uh, you know jabbing them might put them off for a couple of days, feeling a bit ill. Well, you've got Klopp at Liverpool, who's insisting that his players get it, and he's an absolute advocate of it, and goes Good, uh, yeah. tells people all the time all about it because that's what he wants to do. So he wants to influence his players, he wants to influence the public. So yeah, I think it's good to see. It's not very good to see some of the managers lagging behind, but it's great to see Klopp being a real advocate and telling his players, get them done. So well done, uh, well done Klopp. My chant this week. Okay, so I'm going to a song, I have to remind myself how it goes. So it's a 1976 disco song from Andrea True. Uh, would not have known that she sang this song. It got to number five in the UK, and the song is called More, More, More. And I'm going to be going uh, for West Ham fans. don't know if I've done a chant for West Ham fans. Oh, yeah, Declan Rice. And uh, we're going to David Moyes, the manager. So in the style of Andrea True for More, 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 it would go, David, you know, our love for you is real. Take us where you want to. Hammer's heart to steel. David Moyes, Moyes, Moyes. How do you like it? How do you like it? Moyes, Moyes, Moyes. How do you like it? How do you like it? There's got know. some sort of um, catchiness to it and a good song as well. So probably a five, I suppose. Oh, just about. Thank you very much. Final whistle, so rounding up the Premier League, Championship, League One, League Two, and you'll be doing the National League. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so Premier League, there were six games for Boxing Day. Leaders Man City kept up their unbeaten run to nine Premier League wins in a row, moved six points clear, and mentioned a couple of weeks ago that they seem to be deja vu now, running away with it at Christmas, and it feels like that might be the case. After an enthralling 6-3 win versus Leicester, uh, 17 goals in their last Three matches, Manchester City, so on a huge run. But 17 goals. How many different goal scorers do you reckon they've had across 17 goals? 12. Ooh, 10. So, I mean, it's ridiculous. The amount of people... I mean, Stone's got a goal the other day. Ake, these are players mm, that are barely right. getting played at the moment. So, I think you're really starting to notice their squad, their depth in their squad. And thankfully, I don't think they've been hit too badly with the old COVID. Um, so, Leicester sit 10th on 22 points, just having a bit of a disappointing season. But really, that is down to injuries as well as COVID and things like that. Chelsea back to winning ways, 3-1 at Villa. Like I said, nearly had them as my half-time turnover. It was 1-1 at half-time. Uh, but real influence from Lukaku coming off and he scored a goal and I think he got the penalty, which Jorginho converted. So then 41 points and six off City. And Villa at 11th on 22 points. Another win for Arsenal. Fourth Premier League win in a row after a comfortable 5-0 win versus Norwich. Arsenal now fourth with 35 points, which seems ridiculous. Say. It doesn't feel like that long ago we were talking about them being right down towards the bottom of the table. And uh, Norwich still bottom on 10 points. Tottenham had another win under uh, Conte. 3-0 versus Crystal Palace. Goals from Kane, Son and Moira. So your three big ones up front. You'll be glad to see them on the score sheet. 
uh, takes them to fifth on 29 points, but they have got three games in hand on City, Chelsea and Arsenal. Uh, Crystal Palace 12th on 20 points. It was a five-goal thrill at the London Stadium. Away win, 3-2 to Southampton. It was their first win in their last six matches. So they've now got 20 points. You'd like to think that they should be okay this season. There's other teams around them that seem to be struggling a little bit more, obviously. But they needed to get that win. And uh, West Ham, again, a bit of a team like Leicester, but they've had a few Derry, uh, a lot of injuries, especially in defence and things like that. And it was a good 2-0 win for Brighton versus Brentford, kind of similar to Southampton, one of those teams that started off the season well. Uh, but they've only had, that was their first win in 12 games. But they're still ninth, which is brilliant seeing as you think the 12 games haven't won a match. And um, they're on 23 points. But I was looking in the Premier League, between 8th position, which is Wolves, and 15th position, which is Everton, there's only, so that's eight teams, there's only six points between them. So there's a lot of these like mid-table teams and I think because of the games in hand, it's very hard to look at the table and properly understand where things are, especially in the middle of the table. So uh, yeah, that's the roundup from the Premier League. Yeah, same picture. If I've not really summed up the league uh, tables and the rest of the divisions cause, uh, that I'm covering because it's all over the place well, and yeah, will, exactly. be, will be for a few weeks by the looks of it. Uh, there was a five-goal thriller at uh, Huddersfield, beat Blackpool 3-2. Blackpool were 2-1 up actually in 18 minutes. Quick start to the game, uh, but uh, Jordan Gabriel got sent off in the 61st minute and then Sober Thomas uh, got two in four minutes to make it 3-2 for Huddersfield. Uh, I'll come back to Sober Thomas, actually. Carlos Caboran uh, will be happy. Huddersfield up to six, but as you just said, they played three more than QPR, uh, who were a point behind, so it's a bit all over the place. 13th Blackpool, two teams in very good form met at uh, Middlesbrough. Chris Wilder doing really well there and... Um, Middlesbrough beat Forest 2-0, 29,000 great uh, attendance. Uh, one into Middlesbrough in the 17th minute, Yates' own goal. Apparently it was a back pass. Oh, God. Uh, that went straight in the nets. Uh, very good. Forest, a bit of a disappointing. Steve Cooper was mourning and groaning a bit, didn't have a shot on target. But they've had a, such a fantastic run, you can't really moan. So. Uh, but Chris Wilder took the day, Middlesbrough 5th and Forest ninth. Like I said, it's all over the place with the matches played. League One, the league leaders Rotherham finally ended their 21-game unbeaten run, losing 1-0 at Accrington Stanley. It was a 75th minute winner from their captain, Sean McConville. Um, uh, Aki a 10th with six points off the playoffs and Rotherham a top just by one point now, 47 points. Uh, it was a good win for Sunderland, who now who stays second, versus Doncaster, who was second from bottom. 3-0 to Sunderland, 20 shots in the match. They seem pretty comfortable. Just one point gap, like I said, now with Rotherham. It was a southwest clash, Cheltenham versus Plymouth. Um, and Plymouth really helped with their push for the promotion, winning 2-0 against Cheltenham, and they move up to fourth on 43 points. Cheltenham without a win in five, just eight points safe of the drop, so you'd like to think they should be okay. Fleetwood versus Shrewsbury. It was a busy second half, really, because all the goals came in the second half for Shrewsbury, scoring all three to climb above the host Fleetwood in the table. So Fleetwood on 22 points. Just two points off the relegation places and Shrewsbury are on 25 points. And then lastly, you've got Lincoln versus MK Dons. Like I said, obviously MK Dons coming back from 2-0 down to win 3-2. So up to seventh, one point off the playoffs. And Lincoln only two points above the drop zone. And in that bottom four, you still got Morecambe, Gillingham, Doncaster and Crew. But like I said, the tables are very hard to read at the moment. Not many matches in League 2. Uh, there was a bottom of the table clash. Both teams were on 16 points at the start of the match. And it was Scunthorpe who came out 3-1 uh, winners at Oldham. Oldham were 1-0 up at half-time. 
Kuto, but Scunthorpe sub Ryan Loft got two goals in the second half. Ended up 3-1. So first away win for Keith Hill, uh, the Scunthorpe manager. It wasn't an even game, actually. Five shots on target, 52% possession for Oldham. But Scunthorpe uh, leapfrogged Oldham, now three points ahead of them. Uh, one off the bottom. Tranmere Barrow, Tranmere four straight wins. Barrow up and down form, really. And Tranmere won 2-0 early goal. Giving them a 1-0 lead at half-time. Barrow actually had 60% possession, as they have done recently. I've watched a couple of their matches. They were playing very good football. Uh, but not really, uh, no killer instincts up front. They just can't finish. Tranmere up to third, so that's a six-straight win. Uh, and Barrow, worryingly, three points off the drop. They've got Oldham at home on the... Wednesday night this week, so that's going to be a bit critical. They did well in the FA Cup, Yeah, yeah, it? very yeah. good. So, yeah, so they've got some good players. They just can't get the ball in the net. So, hopefully, uh, they might sign somebody in January that'll start to knock them in a bit. But they need to get a striker or get some of the strikers in the squad uh, scoring goals. And the non-league, there was a couple of derby matches survived the cull. Dave Challoner, uh, manager of Stockport, a local derby against Altrincham. Uh, and they hammered them 5-1. They were 3-0 up in 13 minutes. Quigley scored a goal, of course. It ended up 5-1. So Stockport up to 8th. Uh, an old Turingham mid-table, but a cracking crowd. 8,800. So Brilliant. it's a really good crowd for uh, Stockport. Uh, and then the th- West Country derby. Torquay 3, Yeovil 0. Two teams are not doing too bad, actually. Uh, after a slow start, Torquay up to a 12th. And Yeovil stay ahead of them in 11th. It was a 3-0 win for Torquay. Nil-nil at half-time. Torquay had a place... Sorry, Yeovil had a player sent off in the second half. And that's 64th minute. And then another one at the very end, the 90th minute. So Torquay took advantage of that. It was their fourth win in a row, so pretty good. 3,800 to get another decent crowd for uh, Torquay. I think it's still called playing more, hopefully, down there in Torquay. You've never been, been there, there before? No, I've never been there, actually. Yeah. Uh, and then finally, just a quick uh, nod to the Northern League National. who had a few matches going on. They had a top-of-the-table clash. Uh, AFC filed, who were looking like nailed on for promotion. At home to Chorley, who were fourth. Uh, and Chorley won 2-1, so a good win for Chorley. Uh, but disappointing for AFC filed, who seemed to have um, lost it a little bit the last few matches. But, uh, yeah, couldn't find out what the crowd was, actually. But I imagine there's quite a decent crowd there. So AFC filed one, Chorley two. Barnet of the week. It's obviously Christmas time coming into the new year. People going to try and change up their barnets the new year if they had like a Christmas quick trim. Anyway, I'm going for someone who doesn't need to be trimming their barnet because it looks amazing. The 52-year-old Italian manager, Antonio Conte. Obviously, it's Spurs. He's doing a great job there so far since his appointment. Spurs are unbeaten in six Premier League games. So Spurs fans seem to be quite happy and... He seems to have got them playing pretty well and Kane's managing to get a couple more goals. So it's looking in the right direction. But anyway, back to Conte's Barnet. It's lovely, wispy brown locks. And um, yeah, when he gets very excited on the touchline, you can always see the Barnet going crazy. So I love his Barnet and uh, I hope he doesn't cut it. Apparently, he seems to be just getting longer and longer as he's uh, continuing his managerial career. So Antonio Conte is getting my Barnet of the week. Yeah, he's a smart guy in it, Conte. Yeah. Uh, and then mine is a chap called Benjamin Sober Thomas, the lad who got two goals for Huddersfield. Oh, Did okay. a bit of Googling, 22-year-old winger, uh, played at Boreham Wood, and then his only league team so far has been Huddersfield. Uh, been selected for the Wales squad, so he's got a lot of uh, potential by the looks of it. Uh, and he's uh, got a very uh, curly mop. He's got uh, nice. shaved around the sides. I'm trying to think of somebody who it's like with a you know, sort of 
eight, nine inches tall in his oh, head. Oh, wow. Okay. So, yeah, it's worth... Uh, I'll have to have a look. Yeah, Bamium is a little bit like Something that. Something like that. So, yeah, if you were worth Googling, Benjamin Sober Thomas to see a brilliant barnet. Right, that's it for Football Chants and Rants with the Plants this week. Don't forget, you can listen back to any of our previous episodes. Just search for us on the internet and you can have a little look. And we're also on Twitter. Just search at Plants and Rants. But we will be back with some more Football Chants and Rants with the Plants very soon. Before or after the new year, I'm not 100% sure, but one or two. Uh, we'll see you then.